Good Sunday afternoon. Welcome to another edition of Sideline Junkie Sunday Rise. That's right, that's right, that's right. It's me, it's me, it's the big guy KG. Uh, sitting solo on this flight. Um, big Jim, Delonte, uh, and the boss BJ. All on special, special, special assignment right now. Uh, but hey, I'm here. I'm ready to get it going. Uh, got a lot to get into. Want to give away some money today, but you know, you know, scared money don't make money, and look like people ain't trying to put up no scared money so they can make some money. But uh, it it is what it is. But uh, start off this show. Um, we lost uh, another basketball icon um and i do mean icon john cheney uh he passed away what was it yesterday not yesterday day before yesterday hold on i got i got it pulled up i always have everything pulled up and then everything wants to act crazy when you say something about it so uh we lost him on the 29th day before yesterday um he was 89 years old, uh, coached, famously coached Temple from 82 to 06. So that's, uh, what's that, 24 years? Um, won the NCAA Division II tournament in 78, eight Atlantic 10 regular season titles. 85, 87, 88, 90, 98, 99, and 2000, and 2002. Uh, six Atlantic 10 tournament titles. 85, 87, 88, 90, 2000, and 2001. Uh, he was the Division Two National Coach of the Year in 78. Won the Henry Iba Award, 87-88. Uh, A-10 Coach of the Year, 84, 85, 87, 88, and 2000. NABC Coach of the Year in 88, AP Coach of the Year, and UPI Coach of the Year in 88. Uh, inducted into the College Basketball Hall of Fame in 06. Inducted into the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame in 01. Um, he compiled a record overall through his coaching career, and he coached from uh, 1963, and that was in junior high school. He coached high school in 63 to 72, and then from 72 to 82, he went to Cheney State. And in college, he racked up all time 741 wins, 312 losses at Temple. He was 516 and 253. Uh, he's coached players that went on to the NBA, such as Eddie Jones, Mark Macon, Aaron McKee, Terrence Stansbury, Mark Jackson, not the point guard Mark Jackson, the power forward Mark Jackson, Tim Perry, uh, Nate Blackwell, Rick Brunson, Mark Strickland, and Dwayne Caldwell. Uh, 
rest in peace to a giant of a man. Um, you know, when you think Temple, especially Temple basketball. Now, when you think Temple University, you thought of Philadelphia. You thought of Bill Cosby. You thought of John Cheney, and not necessarily in that order. But when you thought about Temple basketball, you always thought about John Cheney. He was one of those, um, those, those personalities, those rare ones that we had. Uh, a Bayheim, a, a Jerry Tarkanian, John Thompson, uh, Raleigh Massimino, Coach K, Dean Smith. You know, these are guys that are synonymous with certain universities. Eddie Sutton. Um, oh, man, I can't think of the Arizona coach. Oh, dang, his name escapes me. I can see his face. Name escapes me. But, you know, these are guys that you associate with that university, you know. And John Chaney, he, he wasn't a pushover. He wasn't a pushover. Um and one of those other guys you think about, you think about Bobby Knight. Um, hell, even Tubby Smith. I mean, no matter what Tubby Smith coach, coaches, I always think of him at Kentucky. But, you know, it's, it's guys that, that are synonymous with certain universities. He was synonymous with Temple. And like I said, he wasn't a pushover. Uh, he came into a press conference that John Calipari was giving. And he told John Calipari he was going to kick his ass. Then he told him he was going to kill him because he was manipulating the refs and they had, had to be restrained by security. He wasn't playing with Calipari. He wasn't playing at all. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, damn, we, we, we losing so many good people. Uh, and it seems like it's at a rapid pace. You know, 2020 threw us full loop. I mean, a big loop. 2021 is shaping up to throw us full loop, too. A lot, I mean, a lot of people are getting older. Yes, death is a part of living. Get it. You know, you just, you don't expect, and I mean, death is unexpected. You don't expect people that have been around pretty much your whole entire life to go. And I mean, that's just the thinking that we have as humans. And I mean, we lost Cicely Tyson this week. Now that's the icon of film, television, uh, stage, just the icon of life. You know, she was, she, she, she was our, our queen, you know, because most of us can say, hey, she's been relevant our entire lives. Now, I'm 39, and she's been relevant my whole entire life. Think about the generation that was before me. She was relevant their entire life. And then the generation before them, she's been relevant for years. Years. She's good at what she does. And her and John Chaney will be missed. Uh, so... Just wanted to say that, but uh, just a little something, something. Um, don't wait until someone dies, and I'm not just talking 
famous people. I'm not talking celebrities. I'm not talking uh, dignitaries and presidents and things like that. Nah, I'm talking about everybody. And hey, how you doing there? Give people flowers while they're still living. Don't wait until they pass away to tell them how you feel about them. If you love them, tell them now. All right. So I'm doing well, doing well. Uh, moving right along. Blockbuster trade happened. The Rams traded Jared Goff, a first pick, first round in 2022 and 2023, and a third round in 2021 to the Lions for Matt Stafford. Everybody's saying, well, who won, the, who won the end of this deal? As of right now, the Lions won the end of the deal. But if Stafford can play uh, 16 games, put up good numbers with that roster that they have, you got Cam Akers in the backfield. You have Robert Woods and Cooper Cup. Um, <laughs> one of the best duos in the NFL. So if they can put up numbers together and I, I really do like cam acres i like uh of course i like um uh, uh uh cooper cup and robert woods i like those guys now you get all those guys back you still got tyler higby who burnt my washington football team then you got a, a dominant lights out defense that can do nothing but get better the rams are going to be a problem immediately immediately but now looking at the lions golf going to the lions uh these picks these picks i mean you can give up a first two first round picks and a third them first round picks ain't gonna be worth nothing i can tell you that now because if that's the case and you're getting the rams pick it's gonna be low first round nothing so you got to think about that. And then also that third round pick might turn into something. Yeah, and it may be able to use it, may be able to use it. But the Lions have some building to do. They have uh, a new coach. They have a new GM, you know, new front office people. So they have some building to do. But as of right now, they've won this uh, this trade because now you have Jared Goff. And Jared Goff is how old? You trade him for a 32-year-old Matt Stafford. Now you done went and got young. Jared Goff's only 26. He's 27 later on this year. Um, You got DeAndre Swift in the backfield. Uh, you need some receivers because they, they, they lost their guys. So they're going to need some receivers. You still have TJ Hawkinson and Jesse James at uh, tight end. Defensively, a little shaky, but they, they did look good this year. They look good until, you know, they were losing games late down the stretch. That Chicago game, they had that one uh, running back dropped the pass, touched up perfectly thrown touchdown pass dropped it uh 
They look good in that Atlanta game, comeback victory. Um, that was mostly on Matt Stafford because he engineered that two-minute uh, offense like it was nothing. And he just rock and roll. And he looks so good. But now imagine him doing that with the Rams. Talk about lights out. Lights out, ladies. So, but we got to wait to know who won this. We have to wait at least, at least until a year from now. Because now, if the Rams go back to the Super Bowl and the Lions don't make the playoffs next season, and then the Rams do it again the following season, the Rams won this trade. But on paper, because of the picks, because of the picks, you got a younger quarterback, two first-round picks and a third this year. Oh, I got to give it to the Lions on paper as of now. Don't hold me to that. Because that's going to change. Um, you got to see what Stafford does. Got to see what he does. If he can put together something, uh, you know, a brilliant season. I'm saying 4,500, 5,000 yards, 40-plus touchdowns, no more than 15, 16 interceptions, you know, QBR of, you know, 110 higher or higher. Uh, yeah, this is going to be a successful season for the Rams. You know, 2,000-yard receivers in Cup and uh, Robert Woods. Tyler Higby, close to 1,000 yards. You know, you got a 1,000-yard rusher. Nah, take that back, because 1,000-yard rusher is not what it used to be. You got a 1,500-yard rusher in your backfield. And you roll through the NFC West undefeated. Um, let's say they go oh, 13 and 3. And it's reminiscent of the greatest show on turf type thing where they're that dominant. They're so dominant you hate them because I hated those Rams teams. I loved Kurt Warner, but I hated those Rams teams because they were so good. I, Me personally, I can't stand front runners. I hate front runners, you know, because it's like you're that damn good. Everybody, you're at the top of the mountain. I want to knock you off the top of the mountain. That's how I feel. But I think that's what they're going to be. They're going to be reminiscent. If everybody stays healthy this coming season, they're going to be reminiscent of the greatest show on turf. And they're going to be pretty damn good. Um, maybe not as many points, but Stafford, he get protection. He get time. He's going to play on a decent team for a change. <laughs> Woo! 4,500 to 5,000, 2,000 yard receivers, a 1,500 yard back. I'm not saying they're going to win the Super Bowl, but they might actually make it there again. I ain't, I, I, they might not win it, but they might make it there. So as for the Lions, like I said, they're building. You're not going to see the payoff in this trade until maybe a year or two down the line. Maybe. It depends on the 22 and 23 draft, who they can pick in that first round. Or if they use that first round picks to leverage another trade to get more pieces. So you need a – they need receivers. Um, that I think Detroit's in the, in, in the same 
boat as Buffalo. You need a game-changing running back. I mean, it's not – I mean, you can get a game-changing running back in the third, fourth round, granted. And maybe that's – if they use that third-round pick on a running back that nobody's looking at, everybody's like, well, why did they pick him? And then he winds up coming out having five straight seasons of 1,200 yards or more. I mean, that's a success. That's a success. But their scouting department has a lot of work to do. Front office got a lot of work to do. Dan Campbell has a lot of work to do. The Lions got to have a swagger. This team has not been good. In my honest opinion, they've been okay. They've been decent. You know, a couple playoff years, but they haven't been good since 91. And the Midnight Rider bench checking in. Detroit got my boy Sweat from Georgia. They're going to be all right there. Okay. All right. All right, all right. I'm I'm not a I'm not a Detroit guy, you know. I my, my Detroit guy is uh indisposed right now, but he you know he thinks Detroit going to Super Bowl every year, so he's a delusional Detroit guy, but he's still a Detroit guy. But I, I just I want to see, uh, and apparently, looking at some things, uh, Detroit has one of our old linebackers, and I say our, as in uh. Washington, they have Sean Dion Hamilton. Um, we'll see. We will see. They got Victor Bolden Jr. on the futures contract. That's a wide receiver. Tom Kennedy on the futures con- contract. That's another wide receiver. So maybe they can put it together. Um, they say Danny Amendola. I don't think he'll be back in Detroit. He'll wind up being. Uh, I heard he's going back to. New England, possibly. Now, the question is, do they re-sign Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones? Are they going to be able to re-sign those guys? Are you going to take another chance on Adrian Peterson? Um, Are you going to try to get Muhammad Sanu? You know, these guys are unrestricted free agents. These are their unrestricted free agents. Are you going to take a, a chance on some of these guys? Do you have? I, I think they got to break it. So you know, it's 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 not a bad thing, not a bad thing at all. So we shall see, but we cannot truly know who won the. Uh, Sanu has nothing left. Uh, uh, right coach, uh, right system. Somebody actually motivating they he needs a motivating coach but if you couldn't get it done in new england i don't know what to tell you so i i might i think i have to tend to agree with you there that was the midnight rider ben checking in done yeah i think i gotta agree with you because if you can't get it done in new england that's a problem but uh gotta throw a scenario out there because this has been the talk on the radio especially here in dc you know, they were talking about what to give up to get a veteran quarterback here. And everybody was talking about, let's go get Matt Stafford and this, that, and the other. And I'm like, I really don't want Matt Stafford. Matt Stafford's good. Not going to deny it. He's good. I don't want Matt Stafford. And this is me personally. I don't want him. I want Deshaun Watson. And I want Deshaun Watson for a reason. Because we have... A 
porous. I think that's the word I might want to use. Offensive line. Matthew Stafford can move. He's 32 years old. He can move. But how much does he really have in the tank? Deshaun Watson, 25 years old, be 26 later on this year. 6'2", 215 pounds. Was the 12th overall pick in 2017. Uh, coming out of Clemson, I knew that the cat could, could roll. I knew he could go. Um, question is, He comes here, he's gonna have to be a little bit more mobile, maybe. Unless we, you know, we can put together a solid O line where he can stand back in the pocket and he's standing there looking like a right-handed Ken Stabler and just picking defenses apart like it's nothing. But here's the question. To get him here, what are you willing to give up? And I've heard people on the radio, and I don't agree with it. But I've heard people on the radio talking about, oh, we got to give up Jonathan Allen. We got to give up Sweat and, you know, a first-round pick, and we'll be, we'll be able to get him. Hold on. The whole point of getting a stud at QB is to not disrupt your team to the point where you're, you're, you're kind of sort of putting yourself behind. Now, the boss BJ was listening to this. He was here. He would say, you know, one of the Alabama boys, he said, send all the Alabama boys up out of here. He, he can't stand him. He don't really care for him. But I've heard people try to package Matt Ioannidis and two first-round picks in the third. Um, Tim Settle, Matt Ioannidis. I'm like, you're, you're giving up too much. You're giving up entirely too much. And I, I said at the beginning, the price is too high because one of those guys on the D-line, no, no. I'm not getting, giving up anybody out of my front seven. If they play any one of those positions, not giving them up. Uh, Montez Sweat, Chase Young, Tim Settle, Deron Payne, and hell no Matt Ioannidis. That's what, outside of, I think Matt Ioannidis is my favorite of all because of what he can do. I'll get into that in a second. But Jonathan Allen, no. None of those guys. Uh, linebackers. I love John Bosk winning do. Josh Harvey Clemens doesn't really have much trade value. Um, Cole Holcomb, he's gonna be a beast. Give him, I think this year is gonna be his breakout year. He's gonna be a beast. Not giving I heard somebody say they wanted to give up Khalid Huston. Hell no. I want to see what he can do. I think he's gonna be good. Now we talking secondary. I'll give up. I'll give up Landon Collins. And I mean Landon Collins trade value is not that great because he's coming off a AC um Achilles injury. So, but he's the player that if I got to give up a defensive player, he's the guy I'm giving up on the defense. Now on the offense, they were talking about oh well we can give up uh uh uh, uh Brandon Sheriff. Why would you give up your best offensive lineman and bring a quarterback in? Makes no sense to me. Makes no sense. Um it's not much. It would have to be a package of picks and possibly, possibly Landon Collins. That's what I'm willing to give up. Um, Looking at this roster, looking at the guys that we do have, and somebody actually said something that wouldn't be bad. Say, you know, sign Ryan Anderson back because they're going to need a pass rusher because J.J. Watt 
one side of Houston too. Now Deshaun Watson has effectively put in his two week notice. He like I'm done. I'm out. But now JJ Watt wants to be a Houston guy, but he wants out. I mean, you can want to be there, but you can want to be out too because they they need they need a uh, a pass rusher. Give him Ryan Anderson. Sign Ryan Anderson. Give him Ryan Anderson. Uh, somebody said package Ruben Foster. And I'm thinking about that. I'm like, eh. I haven't gotten the full effect of Ruben Foster because, of you know, first it was a suspension. Then it was injuries. Uh, that devastating injury um, took him off the field. But looking at his workout, and, and we can't judge things off of workouts. But looking at his workouts and everything, uh, he looks pretty good. He looks healthy. But they said in, in, in the preseason his knee wasn't responding the way that they wanted it to. So I trust the coaches on that. But I, I, I'm bringing him back. I'm bringing uh, Michael Kendricks back. Uh, are we bringing Ryan Kerrigan back? Because I've heard his name. Hey, sign Ryan Kerrigan and send him to Houston. Uh, I'm a Kerrigan guy, but uh, I think that's a slap in the face. If I'm gonna send Kerrigan anywhere, I'm going, I'm going to send, uh, I'm gonna send Kerrigan like to a Super Bowl contender because he that's what he deserves. <laughs> Stop, nobody want Foster until he plays. Also, yeah, Ryan Anderson does have zero trade value if you think about it. But if they're going to need a pass rusher, why not take a young guy? That's why I say Ryan Anderson, because he, he he's a pass rusher. You know, they need something. And Reuben Foster, we don't know what he can do. So you say nobody wants him. But and I'm asking this to the Midnight Rider, Ben. What are we going to do with him? Are we going to bring him back? Because we've been paying him for the last two years. Are we going to bring him back? And see what he can do. Or are we going to just be like, you know what? We're not even going to kick the tires. Let this Maserati go. So, you know, that's where I'm at. Um, Look at, I mean, we don't really have, as far as players go. Players go. I, I don't know. I mean, I've heard, hey, trade Kyle Allen down there. But you trade Kyle Allen down there, and he's a uh, free agent, but he's an exclusive rights free agent. We have to draft a middle linebacker. <sighs> yeah, Kyle Allen is a, he's an exclusive rights free agent. So we can probably, we if we can work out a sign and trade and send – uh, Kyle Allen down there for Deshaun Watson, uh, two first round picks and two seconds. There it is. That's the best I can do. I mean, I, I they'll probably get on the phone and hang the phone up on me, but I'm just saying. We don't, without disrupting the flow of this team, without disrupting what we have, I don't know. I don't know who else. I mean, player wise, <laughs> they blocking my phone up. They probably will, cause I'm. But see, the thing is, 
people are going to call throw Montez Sweat in. No, I'm hanging up the phone. You mentioned Chase Young, Montez Sweat, uh, Allen, Ioannidis, Payne, Settle. I'm hanging the phone up. No, th those guys, I'm telling you off the break before you call me, those guys are off the table. Those guys are off the table. Um, you know, untouchables. Uh, Terry McLaurin, untouchable. Um, Logan Thomas, untouchable. J.D. McKissick, Antonio Gibson, untouchable. Uh, offensive line work, I mean, no, I don't think we have, a, outside of Sheriff, who's a free agent, we don't have any offensive line help that's trade-worthy. Um, and Ben, you said we need to draft a, a middle linebacker. I, I, I like that. I, maybe if they used it more, because I know they now Cole Hogan's a natural middle linebacker, but they got him an outside linebacker sometimes. But him and Bostic in the middle, because Cole Hogan can actually cover, and I, I like that about him. He can cover a little bit. I mean, he's not the greatest cover linebacker, but. He can cover. I just, I don't want to give up the core of my team. I don't want to sacrifice. How do I want to say that? I don't want to sacrifice. Um, I, I don't, I, I, I don't want to sacrifice my young guys to get a guy. And then it's going to put me behind and, Ben says one of the tackles have to go. Think of what San Fran did last year with Buckner. I mean, okay. So, okay, we talking tackle. You got Allen, Ionitis, Payne, Settle. Which one you getting rid of? Because I've heard their names, all of their names in trade talks with Houston. And, I mean, this is not from the front office. This is from just people saying, hey, we could give up these guys and still be good. Ionitis, one of the reasons why I like Ionitis, and I said I was going to get into this. Ionitis plays out of position at tackle. He's an end. Now, running the 3-4, they had him at the nose tackle. It was uh, not last season, season before last. Was it season before last? It was when we beat uh, Dallas at FedEx. What he did and how he worked the middle. He's so patient and smart, and he would straight bull rush, but he would hold his position, and he would hold it, hold it, and when Dak get to dancing around, Dak go to step up. When he step up, Ionitis could collapse the pocket, and he got him. He got a hand on him. He's pressuring him. It's things that I watch Ionitis, and I would focus in on Ionitis and was like, this cat is – just a, a a a straight beast because he would play on the outside and he would get pressure and once he would get the pressure from that side he would force he may not get the sack but he would get the qb hurry and somebody else could get the sack and i've seen him do that in multiple games over a period of time ionitis is he he's i don't know he just he's a he a lunch pail guy that's what he is he, he he's the type of dude he get up in the morning. Wife makes him the sandwiches. He got the lunch box, the uh, the, the the hard hat, and the thermos. 
and he go in and he go to work. He a blue collar guy. That's why I like him because he's a blue collar guy. Ain't nothing fancy about him. Ain't nothing. Uh, 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 he not no prima donna. He like, I'm trying to get dirty. If I ain't dirty, I ain't working. That's how I feel about him. That's my love for Matt Ioannidis. When they gave him the contract, year what was that, last year, year before last, whenever he signed, I was like, that was a smart move. Professor Lucky was like, I don't think that's a smart I said, that's a smart move because you got to keep this guy here. To, in my mind, he's a beast. Some people see it, some don't. Pain of Island, Ioannidis is coming. Okay, Pain of Island, and Settle is on the rise. Yes, he is. Ioannidis is coming off pectoral surgery. And Pain of Island, hmm. Pain of Island. I, 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 one thing I like is defensive line depth, where you got guys that you can move around and they're dangerous like chase young you'll see him go from hand in the dirt to standing up you'll see him move from left side of the line to the right side of the line guys that don't just play oh i'm a right end i'm only going to play the right end no 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 i need a defensive end that's going to play both sides and hell if he wants to move inside you know and go like you got a dominant guy, and I think Chase Young is dominant. He can be. And if he takes and he's beside Allen or Payne and they notice a mismatch and they swap, and then, you know, the O-line's like, oh, shit, oh, shit, um, okay. And then all of a sudden, they ball snap and they coming. But then behind them, you got fucking John Bostick. You know, things like that. I mean, that's things that I like. That, that's that's my philosophy. Um, ben say that's your trade island. Paying the island is your trade value. Um, remember, you have to pay island next year, then paying the following year. Well, yeah, that's true. And guys are not thinking about um, what they can do for the team. You know, I, I want to make my contract friendly for the team so we can win. Guys don't think like that. Very rare do guys think like that. Uh. But the question is, who, who who's who's the more? I think this year would tell. But who's the who's the more who's the better one out of Allen and Payne? And these are first round picks we're talking. And you say Ben says John Bostic is average. I tend to disagree. I think he's uh, above average to decent <laughs> because he can cover from sideline to sideline. When he was in Pittsburgh, he was a sideline to sideline linebacker. And if I'm not mistaken, he racked up over 100 tackles during his time in Pittsburgh. Each year he was in Pittsburgh. Let me look that up. But I like John Bostic. I really do. I like John Bostic a lot. I like his intensity. I like his ferocity. Um, I just think he's he, he's he, he's a beast. Of course, they don't have his tackles. He was in Pittsburgh for two years. Um, Well, one year. And he got released after they drafted uh, Devin Bush Jr. But he covers from sideline to sideline. He's a placeholder. Move on. Who you going to – but see, the thing is, when you move on, you got to have something to move on to. Now, John Boss is only 29. 
You think it's too, don't you think it's too soon to move on until you get a guy in there that you know is entrenched in that middle linebacker position? I that's my opinion. It's 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 cool to say move on when you got a new toy, but what if that new toy breaks? That new toy doesn't 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 hold up the durability. We can't move on. Because then we're back in the same position that we were before Boston got there. I really do want to see what Ruben Foster can do. Now, mind you, I didn't want to sign Ruben Foster in the first place because he has off-the-field issues. I was like, we didn't got rid of all the knuckleheads. I don't want any more knuckleheads in D.C. And that goes for anything. That goes for the Nationals, the Capitals, the football team, and the Wizards. I don't want any more knuckleheads in D.C. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. But I just, I, I, I don't know. Maybe this is what Professor Lucky used to get on me about years ago, about being too loyal to certain guys. And I think that's what it is. I think I'm, I'm, I'm not thinking with my GM cap on. I'm thinking with my, my fan cap on. I think I would actually have to go through the whole entire, uh, go through the draft mockups and see who we can possibly swing out of the draft and what we already have and you know who's worth re-signing now ben i got you here i i know you texting in answer me this are you re-signing ryan kerrigan that's the question that i ask everybody uh the boss says no he he, he said absolutely no ben says no what is wrong with y'all and ryan kerrigan dog the hell <laughs> he said that was an emphatic hell no. Like I, I can hit Ben, the Midnight Rider. I can hear you saying that hell no. I can hear you saying that fuck no too. <laughs> like I can literally hear you saying that. Wow, man. Is is it the snow? I mean, what is it? I mean, damn, you killing me, Smalls. I love. Ryan Kerrigan, always have. I thought him and Arakpo together was going to be something great, but Arakpo couldn't stay healthy. I thought him and Trent, Trent Murphy together was going to be something great. Trent Murphy couldn't stay healthy. He had a down year this past season because he wasn't the primary starter. He had a down year the year before due to injury. You know, he he durability was always there. Dang on fame, killing my sinuses right now. But um, his durability was always there. And, you know, Kerrigan, all-time leader in sacks for the Washington football team, uh, being in this 4-3, he finally got back into his natural position at the end. He was outside linebacker in the 3-4, but he's got back into his natural position. Now, 2019 was the first time he missed a game. He only played 12 games. But he's had double-digit sacks uh, 2014, 16, 17, and 18, all double-digit sacks. He had five-and-a-half last year, five-and-a-half the year before. Um, If I'm not mistaken... I mean, he used to terrorize Eli Manning. I think all three of his uh, touchdowns are off of Eli Manning tips 
and running them back. But Professor Lucky used to always say all the sacks that he get are always against the Giants. He always, you know, does well against the Giants. He gets four to eight sacks against the Giants every year, and he plays them twice. So that's where all his sack numbers come from. <sighs> I don't know. Here's my here's my dilemma. You got talent. And Ryan Kerrigan's a great locker room guy. I just don't know. If you move on from him, I like to get something back from him. For him. I mean, if I could sign him to a two, three year deal and trade him somewhere and I get a, a third, fourth round pick, something like that, I want to get something back for him. But I want to pay him for his time and send him to a Super Bowl contender. But I mean, that's just me. I mean, ceremonial send off, and then, you know, once his playing day's over, he do what everybody does come back, sign a one day contract retire as a member of the Washington football team. <laughs> yeah, I am. I am loyal. I am absolutely loyal. Uh, I, when I say Ryan Kerrigan is my man, Ryan Kerrigan is my man. I felt the same way about a lot of different players over the years. And, you know, I, I took a lot. I take a lot of flack for that. Reed Dowdy was my man because I love Reed Dowdy because he was like a little linebacker. He was small, but he could hit. Hey, well, yeah, I'll take that. I'll take that. <laughs> but I'm just, I'm just saying. I, I you got it. It's, it's guys that have left this city, and they've left with a bad taste in their mouth. Brian Mitchell was one. How he was unceremoniously released. And then he went on to Philly and then to the Giants. And, you know, he had no ties to the team for a while. I hated that. I hated it. I hated that they released him. And they released him because of Dion. I hated it. I hated it. We ain't had a good punt returner since him. I mean, okay, you had Brandon Banks, but he was hit or miss. Um, But... We ain't had a, a good punt return guy since Brian Mitchell left. You know? But, you know, things things have, have, have progressed to be better. Daniel Snyder told him that was one of the worst mistakes he ever made as an owner. I agree. One of the worst. Uh, another worst one was uh, Steve Spurrier. Uh, but, hey, you got to credit your mistakes for half the things you know sometimes. So, but Kerrigan, if I'm going to bring him back, it's not going to be on an ex a extravagant uh, contract. It's got to be something because he only played seven games this year, eight tackles, five and a half sacks. That was it. That was it. He didn't do much of anything this year. So I can't be like, well, I'm going to bring him back and I'm going to give him a six-year, $94 million contract with a $35 million signing bonus. That's that's not smart money. But if you do bring him back, it's got to be cheap. It's got to be if, – if the numbers don't work back, work out, you can't, you can't do it. So – um, 
but Deshaun Watson, I would I would love to have him here because it would be great. It would be great to have him here. Uh, I said it on the Brian Mitchell show last week. Was it last week? Yeah, I was coming from the car wash. And I said the addition of Deshaun Watson could mean 13, 12 wins. And I always, everybody say, man, we could finish 10 and 6. I'm tired of finish 10 and 6. I don't want to see another 10 and 6 finish. We haven't won more than 11 games since the 91 season. That's almost 30 years that Washington hasn't won more than 91 games. I mean, 91 games, more than 11 games. I mean, 10 and 6, it's cool. I mean, you know, you win a division 10 and 6, all right. I want a 11 and 5. I'll take 11 and 5. 13 and 3. I want a 14 and 2. I want a deep playoff run. I don't want one and done. When the last time we won 10? Uh 2012. Was it because uh yeah, we finished nine and seven the last time. Yeah, 2012 was the last time we fin- we won 10. We were 10 and 6. We were 3 and 6 and reeled off seven straight wins. And then Seattle came to town and we were dominating Seattle. And I still take the blame for that loss because throughout those seven wins, every game, I was sitting on the sofa in my red skin pajama pants with my red skin cup and my red skin socks. And it's, I was sitting in the same spot on the sofa, except for that playoff game. I was at work because I had 25 water main breaks in a single weekend, and I could not come in the house to watch the game. I was running around PG County, and it was cold, it was wet, and we lost the game. So I still take the blame for that. I put all that on my shoulders. Because I wasn't in my spot where I was supposed to be. But I want more than 10 wins. I want more. I, I don't want to go. I don't want to back into the playoffs anymore. You know, I don't want it to come down to the last game of the season and we got to win a division game to make the playoffs. I don't want that. I want to be, I, I, I mean, it, there is no more, you know, number two seed first round by. I want to be able to, at week 13, we already got the playoffs locked up. And all we're doing is just playing out the string. But, you know, we're start trying to stay fresh. Nobody's resting, but we're trying to stay fresh and not get hurt. You know, I want to be dominant, close to dominant. I'm not going to say 100% dominant because we're a little bit ways away from that. And that all depends on how the front office goes. But I want to be kind of sort of dominant as a Washington football team. I want to I want the defense to be lights out where I mean I want to be a combination of the 2000 Ravens and the 85 Bears mixed with the 69 Chiefs and the 72 Dolphins where and, and sprinkling uh, a little bit of those uh early 2000 uh Chicago teams where you need you know, it's overtime and you need a win and defense comes up with the, with the win. Mike Brown was running back 
everything then. I want I want a sprinkle of everything like that with with the defense. I want the offense to be a well-oiled machine where they're able to score more than 20 points. You know, we got games we're winning 31 to 10. We're winning games running away 45 to 7. These are the things that I want. And it's got to happen. I, I'm I'm tired of I'm I'm tired of backing into the playoffs. I'm tired of just being mediocre, and we're just happy with getting to the dance. Nah, I mean the uh, the 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 playoffs are just homecoming. I want to go to prom. And I want to take the prettiest girl home from prom. Prom is the Super Bowl. That's where I want to go. That's where I want to be. I want to take the Lombardi home. So. I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up right there. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, I think I'll jump on um, eh, Facebook Live later. Try to give away this money with this Super Bowl trivia. Uh but until then, everybody be safe um, for Big Jim, uh, Boss BJ, the man of the hour, Delante, all on special, special, special assignment right now. Flying fly the friendly skies, uh, Junie on special assignment. Everybody be easy. I'm the big guy, KG. I don't do no overtime. I am out of here. <laughs>